Diddle dum dum. British Strongman Podcast. How are we doing, Shane? You all right, mate? Good week? Uh, yeah, better last week. Good week so far. I'm talking from a training perspective here because that's all I refer to in my life. <laughs> 160 log I spotted. Yeah, I mean, I was happy with that, but I was mainly meaning the fact that I actually trained. Um, I just had a bit of a, you know, you know, you just get too busy sometimes and you just fucking, well, it doesn't happen very often to me, to be fair, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't train for the last week. I only trained uh, three times and that's not very much for me. So I kind of felt pissed off. Um, but then this week I've trained three days on the trot and I'm with you tomorrow. So it's going good. What about you? You good? Yeah, good. I know what you mean about being busy. I had a bit of a meltdown today. Two Thursdays in a row where I'm quite middle of my session. I've just had to take my kit off and lay down on the floor. I put my feet on the sofa today. And uh, I was just like nearly asleep and Hicksy knocked on the door and I was like, for fuck's sake. I, fuck it. I ignored him for about 10 seconds and I went to the door. <laughs> um, but I was nearly asleep, but... Then I got back to it and did some fucking mad shit, but I was like last week, I just fucking like, honestly, I felt like I could just go to sleep any moments that up. I just, I just, it's not like me as well. I just couldn't fucking function, but oh, is it, I think oh, as well, I keep smoking myself on these event days. Um, so I don't think that helps. So I'm, I'm taming, I've wrote something I'm doing, I've actually wrote something down that I'm doing tomorrow. So I'm going to be controlled. Class, we're going to do, um, Big stone run tomorrow, Shane. We've yeah, I've got that wrote down though. I've planned that. We've uh, got the we've got the platforms um, bolted to the wall now. Spot oh, right, okay. So you don't have to worry about yeah. Because it's it's the, I think what it is it's the yoke. I'm getting yoke flu. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna stay at two ten, two twenty, and do some speed runs instead of because I said I was doing that chaos and I fucking Curtis ended up going through. So I was like, oh, go yeah, well, I'll do two, I'll do two twenty yoke with you then, and I'll do three sets of forty meters. I'm doing right, yeah, that, that'll do. And uh, we'll uh, and we'll race, bitch. Yeah, race. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be good actually. Um, yeah, I was warming up Axel today, so I'll just talk about this because we like to be real, don't we? Um, I was warming up Axel today, and I was fucking buzzing all morning. I was thinking, oh. I'll do 140 today uh, from the floor, or at least do six sets of one at like 131. And then I did like 90 and it felt fucking heavy. I did 100 and it felt heavy. I did 110 and then I went to 120, failed the clean. I had to drop it back down to 110, failed the clean. Dropped it back down to 100, failed the clean. So then I, did, I had to do my six. Then I went and I just, I'd like a lay down with my feet up on the on the sofa, and like I just felt awful. And then I had to do my. And then I thought, right, I'm gonna fucking do it now after like 15, 20 minutes chilling out. And then I went back and failed a hundred again. And then uh, <laughs> so I did my six sets of one at seventy. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> and they felt felt pretty tough actually. Um. Mad, isn't it? How you can fluctuate. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, but anyway, so just a, just a message there that we're but we're not we're not fucking profess to be robots and just do what do pro- progress every week. Like 
realistically a fucking... It, Even though Nate was last week, Pig, Pigman Sam was the fucking... Right, genuinely right. The only thing I was thinking about last week was Thursday, I was going to log 160 or 165. I was thinking about it all week. I was tired and everything. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it Thursday. Genuinely, I, I went, I said to Shannon, I was like, we'll go uh, that this fucking sushi place. So I was at this sushi place, scrying sushi, and Pigman Sam messaged me. I thought you said on your story you were logging uh, 160s today. And I was like, no, no, I'm logging it Thursday, mate. I was like, yeah, it's Thursday. <laughs> so I was like, this sushi place, I'm like, fuck, at like six at night, I'm like, shit. So then I was like, I booked it now, aren't I? I, got it. I thought it was Wednesday. I was convinced it was, like, 100% convinced it was Wednesday. So then I had to go do events at Chaos Friday. So then when I tried my log on Saturday, I was just fucking dead. Um, and I, I just, honestly, I don't even know where Wednesday went. I'm trying to, I couldn't remember after. I was like, what the fuck did I do Wednesday? I think I was just like monging around. You know when you're like asleep, but walking around? I was just like, oh. Right, mate, let's get into some content. So I've got a little bit of a bit of a structure that will try and bla blast through tonight. I say, every time I say blast through, we end up on here for like a fucking hour and a half. But no, like literally, I am going in, tw in but at 10, Shane. Right, in, tw okay. in 20 minutes, right? I'm going. Let's go right. for a I'll just keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right, I'm just gonna, we're just going to go through a strong man. Right, strongman events, and we'll go through five events like a deadlift log, whatever, and then we'll just pick like two two cues that are relevant at the moment that you keep seeing on like social media, like technical fixes. That, okay, uh, and I'm I'm going to start. I'm going to start with deadlift, and then you can chip in, mate. So I'm going to yeah. see, um, and it, and we're going to aim this at like say intermediate to advanced level lifters, actually. Oh. People who who are at least repeating their technique, and you're confident with your technique, and you feel skilled. Right? Big thing that I'm seeing is people um, on the deadlift. There's just a lot of people setting up with the bar too close to the shins. Oh, yeah, as soon as you said deadlift, that's what I thought. And I'm I'm seeing that like a lot recently at like all, all levels, right up to top level. And you're seeing it. And the giveaway is that as soon as they initiate the pull, you can see the bar, the plates rolling forward and before the bar's lifted up. And I just think straight away, oh my God, it's just such an, such an energy leak. Don't get me wrong, it's not gonna mean that you're gonna fucking fix it and put 20 kilos on your deadlift, but it's just, it's just costing you, it's just costing you, costing you energy and it leaking efficiency. So simple, simple little fix for that is, um, <clears throat> just set set with set with the bar a little bit further away. Set up. Um, try covering your toes. Try covering your laces. See what feels good for you. Video it from the side. And we want. There's no excuse for not having a having a straight straight bar path. Yeah. And if your bar path isn't straight, you, you you're just leaking energy. Um, so have a bit of a play around with um, the start position for you relative to your shin, and it'll be such an easy fix. And then tag us in the in the story. Um, look at maybe some of you guys listening who think this might be you. Just look at some of your Instagram videos from a couple of weeks ago, or whatever, and just look at the first rep. You often find that when you're doing your rep work, two, three, four, and five, often the bar path is is a little bit better. And with with a lot of people, they 
it, it gets easier as they, they go into a set. And this is often why, because you're, um, the second, third and fourth rep, you're getting that eccentric benefit of, of actually putting the bar down eccentrically into a good position to start the next one. Do you want to yeah, add, add anything? What do you think about vertical shin cue? Vertical shin? Yeah, because I think that a lot of people teach to start with the vertical shin. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's terrible if you want to uh, lift 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 the most weight possible. What do you yeah, because that's where the bar ends up coming too close, and then the like that that cue of um, where you said put the bar to shoelaces or a little bit of front whatever. I think that the bar should be where your knee wants to like track to, because only your yeah, knee exactly. Like, exactly. slight angle in your shin, won't you? But it, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So kind of two things. They're kind of the same thing, but two different ways of teaching, aren't they? I guess. Yeah. So a, a way. This is, and this is my opinion, by the way. This is my opinion right now, and it may change over the next six months, years, whatever, right? But when I see people and and the and the shins bleed when they deadlift, I just think the the technique's suboptimal. Your technique. I don't think your shin should be bleeding if your legs are in the right. If you if you're in the right position. Hmm. Um. I I just don't think they should. I think that's often too too close. If it's too close. Yeah. Kind of agree, but also kind of don't. Yeah, because I, I I was saying this a bit tongue in cheek because I can actually remember your shins bleeding. <laughs> well, I was going to say I just have. And I know loads of lifters have just a big chunk of fucking scar tissue there that, you know, um, yeah, fr from doing it wrong. Yeah, but, 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 but um, to be fair, it, Shane, just comes, like, it just comes off. I've I seen you pulling, like, well, obviously I only say highlights, but I've seen you pulling recently. What did you do the other day? 275? Well, to be fair, I haven't actually opened my shin up for a long time. So yeah, yeah and honestly, mate, I think your technique looks better. I think your technique looks great at the minute. Pulling deadlift. I actually, when I did the two seventy five, do you, I don't know if you ever get it. I, I I get bloated sometimes, like quite bad, and I feel like in the bottom position of my deadlift, like I was just gonna shit and sick, like every. So them two seventy fives felt horrible, but then when I look back, I was like they look a lot better than what they felt, and I was quite quite happy with them. But they didn't feel a good position. <laughs> Is that what yeah, say? yeah, you could you could see. Um, you could see that you were sl slightly more rounded in that bottom position than usual. You could see, I noticed that you looked, not that you looked bloated by the way, I'm not saying you're a fat cub, but um, you could see that you, that start position looked a bit more awkward than usual. You yeah, looked really cool. Yeah. And the belt was like far too tight. And then the next day I was fine again. I just, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's two cues on dead in it. So what should we go for next? Should we stick to the uh, standard events? I go for a yoke. Yoke? Did you just say yoke? Yeah, go for it. Two cues on a yoke. Yeah, go on then. Give us a cue on a yoke, Shane. Well, something that I think is good to do on yoke is to not just train one or like the same style of yoke depending on the load that you're going to be using in your competition. So if your yoke's going to be like 20 meters and you know you're only just maybe going to get it across the line, then your start position should be, in my opinion, um, kind of squat stance almost, and you should pick it up and then start walking. But if it's a speed event, I think you should train a staggered stance start because you will get 
more faster time, basically, be able to get to top speed quicker. I think that's a mistake people make. They train yoke like a 200 yoke, they'll do the same as a 300 yoke. And um, it, I think you should vary it depending on what's coming up in your competition. Yeah, you know what, Shane? I'm going to add the second cue and I'm going to link it to exactly what you're, what you're saying there. So let's take that scenario, the, the heavy yoke that you're just about finishing for 20 metres versus the 200, 200 kilo what you're sprinting with. Um, I would say how you your hand position may change. So if you're going for like a maximal, maximal um, one where Shane says lift it up in the squat stance, I would say what we want to what we want to do is maximise your uh, upper back tightness in this. So um, maybe starting with it with the hands hands quite high on the yoke and really 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 squeezing that upper back to create more yeah or through irradiation whatever. Um, but if you're doing a really really speed yoke in this position, I think a little trick that some people miss out on that they, that they can use is actually dropping the hands a little bit on the yoke and use and sacrifice a little bit of upper back tightness and stability. A trick, like say I'm imagining Shane, I'm imagining you doing 220 tomorrow, right? You, like I'm saying that you could go from your hands. I, I think if you, you set off with a 220, normally what I've seen you do is the, the yoke swing back and forth a little bit because you're so fucking explosive, yeah? yeah. With that start. Whereas I'm saying that you can sacrifice a little bit of that, that upper back tightness and tension by dropping the hands, say, midway down the yoke. And yeah. basically, you can, you can, as you sprint off, you can stop that yoke swinging. Yeah, with the... Uh, and stop you. The lower your hand is, the more control of the swing, I'm guessing. Yeah, because you've got more leverage, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. So you just you just you just hold like pushing the lever further down on the yoke, which will uh, help. That's something that I've been changing every single week because I can't find. Obviously, when I used to yoke all the time, I used to put my hands in the same place. I don't know where the fuck I put them. So every week I've been putting them um, different places and trying to find out where the hell um, I want to go. Still not, still not decided to be honest. The problem is I'm such an immobile bastard nowadays that I think I used to stay quite high up. I can't, I can't get my arms in behind it anymore. <laughs> so that's why I think I'm uh, not quite settled with my hand position yet. But I'll try it lower tomorrow and see how that goes. Yeah, with the, go with the goal being that we're, we're trying to keep the, the bottom of the yoke parallel to the ground all the way through and not yeah. swinging. And see, go, go with that and see, see if we can compare it to your other yoke a couple of weeks ago. When you did it faster, um, but yeah, with a lot of people, that that's a s simple little fix. Um, because yeah, anyway, let's move on. Uh, give it a try, tag us, and uh, let us know if it's helpful. And, th and this, by the way, these are intricate cues that we're that we're saying here, and those being geeky, right? This is the kind of stuff that you might might not even realise that it makes a fucking difference. But then you might find that if you check your own videos from like a few weeks ago and think, oh fucking hell, what did I do the last time I trained yoke? Have a look and see if we see if we if any of these this stuff is relevant. Have a look at your deadlifts from a couple of weeks ago, and um, and it might just mean like something that you didn't notice a couple of weeks ago. You do notice now. Um, and on in strongman as well, you've got to be um, versatile because stuff like stuff changes all the time in strongman. Like you could be training for a 300 yoke and then all of a sudden you turn up and he goes, oh, you know, it's, it's 260 now, I don't have enough plates. 
or whatever, you know, and then you, if you're, you know, well-versed and flexible, you can decide, oh, you know what, on 260, I'm going to take my hands a little lower and have a staggered stance. And then you'll, you know, be able to adjust to that load in that competition and get a bit of a faster start. Whereas if you only ever practice the same thing every single time, there's going to be no, you know, you can't vary your approach depending on the load. You just got the same yoke run. And that's why I see some people run a 200 yoke, the same speed they run a 300 yoke, um, because they're doing it in the same fashion, the same foot positioning, the same slow steps, because they never train anything different. Yeah, I think I think that's great. I think um, for for like most of the strongman events, um, a thing that people don't realise is like when we're <clears throat> when you're pulling one forty deadlift and then you go and pull two sixty, like we should we're addressing it exactly the same way. Yeah, you're trying to pull move that bar along that bar path as fast as possible. Or whatever you're going max force on each one, whereas so your technique stays the same, and we want to preach consistency. Whereas with a lot of the a lot of the strongman events, the, the your actual technique changes with the load. Like we've just said about the yoke, but exactly the same thing on the farmers. Same things with same things with stones as well. Like there's so many they could use five or six five or six different techniques that have gone into. Yeah, well, you look at uh, Europe's that's just been, and most of the guys one motioned the first four stones or whatever it was, and then the last stone they fully lapped it and loaded it. Um, so again, they just adapted to the loads because they know they can go faster this way, but they have to, you know, do that last stone with a lap or whatever. Yeah, right. Let, well, let, let's go two cues on the on stones then, and just think of seeing le, the last time you've seen on like social media or whatever, or your clients like loading a stone. What kind of errors are you seeing? What are, what are relevant? Well, I uploaded a one four. I loaded a one forty stone at Chaos last week, and I watched it back. And the first thing I noticed was I did not finish my extension. Heels were planted, and I was not, yeah, fin- basically not finished my extension on the load, um, which is a common mistake. Same thing that I spoke about a couple weeks ago on the clean on the log. It's practically the same movement. You want to finish a triple extension. And almost like what you told me was don't aim for the platform, you know, just extend up and, you know, almost go over and land on softly instead of making it, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, you'll explain it better because you're fucking cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so actually I did, um, I did a seminar on Sunday that was, uh, was I um, videoed the stone lesson and um I've had like about 30 people message me asking to see the stone lesson. So if, uh, and loads of people are finding it useful. So if uh, anybody wants that, just message me and I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. I'll keep it up for another couple of days before I delete it on the online thing. But that was one of the things that I explained. So if you're struggling to imagine it, um, what Shane was doing, Shane, Shane was starting with the stone quite a distance away from the platform and then going from, that basically producing force from the middle of the stone to the edge of the platform, which what I, what I got Shane to do or encouraged Shane to do was actually get the, get the stone a little bit closer to the platform, focusing on extending up vertically rather than towards the platform. And then once he'd received enough height vertically, then move horizontally. So he's moving in two, like straight line up and then straight line across. 
Um, because basically we're, we're going to be suited to whatever the object that we're moving. We're, we want to keep it close to our cent, center line, center of mass or whatever. So if, if Shane's going from the platform, sorry, where, where he's starting to the edge of the platform, he's leaking so much energy because by the time he's getting to his chest height, the stone is actually quite far away from his body. Yeah. Um, as opposed to keeping it really close and, and extending up vertically and then, and then in. So if that, if that's quite a bit lot for you to take into your head, just mess, message me and I'll send you the link to the video and, um, and you'll probably find it useful. Um, and a second, a good second cue that I like another one you told me is, I think you explained it somewhat like, <laughs> imagine the center of the stone is like a barbell. So you want to take your stance again, like shoelaces or wherever your setup is on deadlift so that you're over the stone and it's able to lift up in a straight line. Whereas some people stand a little bit too far back is a common issue, uh, which again, that's when they pick the stone up and it just rolls uh, you know, out of the hands. They don't even get a chance to lap it. Yeah, brilliant. To be honest, Shane, that, that's, exa that, that's the exact cue that I was going to say that you see again at all levels. You see people smashing the stone and then they'll go and fumble a stone by it rolling towards them or away or whatever, usually towards them actually. Um, but generally for, for lightweight lifters, like say under 90s, under, even one of, most 105s, um, under 82s, under 63 girls, I would say generally start with um, basically the instep of your feet so like the middle of your foot around the widest bit of the stone through the middle of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then from that position, hinge back like it, like you're doing a sumo stance RDL or whatever. Um, and you'll, you'll feel like you, 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 to get in a good start position, you, you'll feel like you, you're loading your hamstrings and your hips. Engage, like embrace the, the higher hip and the slight thoracic flexion like basically the mong back or whatever, yeah. like embrace that. Don't, don't try and fight it. Like we're putting yourself more at risk in my opinion. If you see people, right, trying to get the, try and get the hips, get the hips low. Well, no, because they get the hips low. And then if you slow-mo the video, the fucking hips get shot up anyway into this kind of what appears to be mong back position. Um, it's almost impossible for, for most of us to achieve a good starting position on a stone or even a sandbag without some degree of spinal flexion. So we've got to embrace it's on, it. It's on the floor, isn't it? But yeah, exactly. We've, we've, got, we've got to fucking do it, say, do, do it. Um, and just a note on that, by the way, and this is an anecdotal evidence. This is from, from teaching people to, to lift sandbags and stones and whatnot, right? I have never, ever seen anybody hurt their back picking up a stone from the floor yeah, yeah. ever right because and, and my theory is is because when you fail because you grip or whatever like you don't get pulled out you, you don't get pulled out of position you just lose grip because of the stone so fucking awkward it doesn't like roll and pull you anywhere whereas with a you the see the the typical people putting the back out on a conventional deadlift is because in my opinion, the bar, you've lost the bar path and the bar is pulling you forward into this 
position where you're getting all these shear forces through your spine because the bar is no longer close to that midfoot or that center line. Do you understand what yeah. you understand what I mean, don't you, Shane? Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas with a stone, you you kind of get it or you fail. When you fail a stone, it's usually in a good position, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. usually because of grip, but you're actually in a good position in terms of that that load is balanced with your center of mass. So, in my opinion, that's my theory at why you do not. And and by the way like message me if anybody's put put the uh, i'll be interested if anybody's put the back out on a lift it trying to lift the stone from the floor to the knee um yeah i mean you hear of biceps all the time don't you but you never really hear of backs yeah um, obviously that's a different issue but i'm i'm, I'm addressing the people get scared of fucking rounding the back yeah no but yeah you just but, I've, you mentioned everything thought about it but yeah i've never really heard of someone at the back on it to be fair it's like you say it tends to just roll forward or backwards if it goes out of line yeah, that's it. And, you, and into a position where you can't grip it anyway so you kind of you, you your body's not holding it on under tension in a good that that's the thing is like your body can't really because the because your grip will just go straight away you can't really pull the stone from the floor to your knee in a bad position for your back really because you mm. just fail, your grip would just fail yeah, and you're only getting it to your knee really aren't you then you're rolling it in you're not um Standing yeah. up properly, yeah. Right, should we go on to um, farmer's walk or something? Yeah, go on then. F farmer's walk. Go on, give us a give us sub two oh. on that. I think a nice little more advanced uh, cue would be. I wouldn't wouldn't recommend this for like a beginner or someone just starting out, or tell them to take the center of the the handle, but just to help pick up speed if it's a heavy farmer's for you moving your hand slightly to the back or to the front whichever you prefer johnny mills is a guy who's really good at farmers he used to be good at this he used to struggle to pick up farmers but was amazing at them so he used to shift his hands slightly to the front i think so that he'd lift the front um of the farmers first so he'd already get like a couple of inches higher before he would take the full load. And it really improved his pickup speed. Um, and then obviously when he's running with it, the farmers are slightly tilted. So there's a bit of a knack to it. And it's something that is a very skill-based. I was trying to do it with a week on frame, but I kept fucking taking it too far back or forward. And it was just tipping everywhere. I'm sure you remember. Um, so then I ended up just going and just fucking take it in the center shape. Yeah, I remember actually. And you were... Then you were in nose bombing it, weren't you? Um, yeah, because the frame was very heavy to pick up. So I was trying to just take the front first and then the rest so that the pickup, you know, was instead of being like a three second grinder, it, it, they can actually be quite fast. We used to do it all the time. Like I said, I'm just fucking all this shit I used to do. I, I think to myself, well, you can still do it. And then I realized, oh no, you actually need to uh, practice it. <laughs> So I, I did a little like uh, IGTV episode on this recently, and um, a couple of people messaging me disagreed with it actually, which was interesting. And um, what about I, the hand placement? Yeah, because I, I was pre I was preaching, and I still do preach um, hands further forward because it, yeah. because what f further forward at it because what you see with people who pick it up in the middle is, and again, guys listening to this slow-mo your last set of farmers that you did 
right? People pick it up in the middle and get into a bit of a sprint. The, the, the fighting against it, weight like forwards and backwards swinging. Like you can see it, you can see it in the first 10 meters in, in to be honest, in most people, it's fucking swinging. Whereas um, what, what, what I like to teach is actually getting the, getting the hands a little bit further forward will allow you to um, get that when you're trying to move fast, allow you that little bit of forward lean. Yeah, yeah, bit, yeah. And, and like having your hand a little bit further forward kind of counteracts that so it, so it stays, you can kind of forward lean and smash into you and accelerate. But whilst, whilst having the hands a little bit forward kind of brings it level, if you will. You understand what I mean? Whereas yeah, I think... I'm if pretty got, certain that's how Hixie and Ben do farmers walks as well and how we all used to do them back in the day was further forward because we used to use the JT handle the JT farmers and the cue was that we used to use was thumb thumb away from the front which usually left you with a little bit yeah more. I think that's pretty pretty cool cue actually that's good I'll try that tomorrow actually um yeah that that's really good I could see that that would be that would really work yeah, because on the with the JT handle width, it was just like perfect for most people. I should had a fucking massive thumb, obviously, but you know, perfect for most people to be yeah. slightly in front, but not too much. So, but so by the way, this is assuming that you're ad, quite advanced, and you are not just picking it up in the centre and then walk striding out with it. This what what we should <laughs> all, all be doing is. We should be pick, picking it up, leaning forward, and we should have that forward lean. So as soon as you're taking that weight, you, you you're almost fall. Well, you are. If you're not striding, you'd fall forward. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what we should all be, all be doing, and um, having that that kind of um, the the grip that Shane's just uh, suggested will uh, will kind of uh, fight the swinging, and you'll be able to find that 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 point where the where it stays level and efficient. Um, I think little thing for for uh, people on grip here, right? And I haven't, I'm not fully decided on grip position, um, but I, I I've helped quite a few of my my guys recently by um, who were struggling with like getting calluses, like struggling with volume on farmers, and um, what I've got them to do is actually drop the drop the farmers into like the fingertips, and um, and the kind of they don't feel a bit of a head foot because they don't feel as strong with the grip. Uh, they feel like the farmers is going to going to fall out of the hands, but the hands don't hurt and they don't get any calluses. And um, are they doing similar weights to if it was in the hand or dropping it down a bit? No, well, no. The the kind of they're managing the same weight as what they would be doing anyway, but they're just feeling oh, like, oh shit, I'm going to drop it, I'm going to drop it. But then they finish the set and they haven't dropped it. But right. then, and the hands don't hurt. So the thing is, is like they can trip, they can um, add more volume into that. I I I massively changed my grip in the prep for England. You know, um, so I was getting calluses, and I was like, "Fucking hell, I'm gonna have to wait five five or six days before I train again." And I've and I dropped my grip down into my fingertips, so it's just all about finger strength. You know, like say uh, Sam Bollard says about why you fail yeah. a why you fail a deadlift is not because of your grip, it's because of your finger strength. Yeah. I, I, I hold my farmers exactly like that. And it's just allowed me, like I could train them every, like 
I'm not getting sore skin at all. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. And if peop, people were unsure, like, because, like, a lot of people learn with the kind of, a lot of people are taught that hold it in your palm and grip it, and then once that fatigues, you've got somewhere to go and it'll slip into your fingers. Whereas, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not a big fan of any kind of weight moving during the lift, if you will. Um, I'd rather stick with the fingers and be able to be really efficient at that and maintain it, if that makes sense. Um, and it, and yeah. I can't say what it'd be like in practical application because I've never tried it, but I see where you're coming from. I see your, your point on it. Um, so again, give it a try. And even if it, even if it's ju you just use it as a tool to accumulate more volume, um, and even if you just like say, give it a try and you're like, right, well, I'll do my main grip for my main set. And then I'll do a few more drop sets than usual where I'm used to my hands hurting. Just try the, try the fing fingertip grip. Um, I, I just messed around a day after, in um, during the England's prep and I'm using that exact grip. I did 150 for 10 meters and I did one fingers. Yeah. And I did one, one four. So it's obviously quite a strong grip then. So, you know, you say your clients feel like they're going to drop it. Did you feel like that as well? And did it go away after training it? Yeah, it went away. It just feels like, like a, like a hook. It just feels like so efficient. It just feels mm -hmm. like I'm using, using your finger, my fingers as a hook rather than squeezing the bar, if that makes sense. I'm going to try that tomorrow because I can't squeeze. Well, but my hand don't close anymore. So I can't squeeze shit. It's fucking annoying. Yeah. So. I was just thinking when you said it, like I could, I could do, I could do that grip. I think. And and obviously to get to give to give context, like uh, last time I tried one fifty farmers, I, I failed at I failed at four meters with like kind of my old grip. Um, and don't get me wrong, it obviously I was doing a lot of volume for uh, England's where my grip had got better, uh, which may have got better with the other way, but I wouldn't have been able to accumulate the volume the other way because my, my skin was too sore. Whereas in the prep for England, I was doing like 120 farmers for three or four times a week on different days. I think you can definitely build some, I've seen people deadlift, powerlifters deadlift like that, you know? Like yeah. Chris Jenkins does it, Sam Parker does it. Yeah, Sam Parker does it where, where, he, where he's like thumbs miles away from the bar. Yeah, no, he's, like, he's, he's basically doing cheetah straps with out the Exactly, track. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, another advantage of this is um, is the the start position. The start position. You know, like say, for instance, if you're if you guys listening and thinking of your um, farmer's pickups or frame pickup, like if you get used to this uh, fingertip grip, um, your pickup is going to be a fucking inch less. Like it, it, it makes such a difference to the start position. Um, so g give it a go and let me know, let me know how it goes. Anyway, um, but 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 realistically, like it, even if you even if you're taking a bit of, bit of a hit and you feel like your grip isn't, or you you wouldn't trust it with your max or whatever, like say. If you're like say novice intermediate level and you're you're needing to do ninety to one, I don't know one twenty farmers and you can do one thirty one forty farmers pretty comfortably with your grip, you you can actually you, if you're doing one ten at your comp you could go to, go to fingertip grip and it doesn't matter that the grip's not quite even if it's not quite as effective for you, 
but you are going to get you are going to get the trade off of being able to train more speed because you're going to be able to accumulate more volume without your hands hurting and um yeah and and you basically you're going to be able to do do more specific training when because the farmers isn't actually a grip event if you if that makes sense like obviously it was at England for us but with it like a so lot of the being versatile to the event if you know you're 30 kilo above the farmers you need to concentrate more on getting the seconds down rather than so even if you save even if you save half a second on the pickup because you've got less rom or whatever yeah. you have a staggered stance and you take the farmers with a little bit further forward so you can lean into it better those three yeah. things added together make a huge difference. Whereas if you're doing a farmers that you're like, am I just about, I'm going to just about get it there. You might want to stay away from those things and just concentrate on the. Yeah. You know what? It's going back to exactly what we said on the yoke. So to sum, to summarize, right. If you're, if you're like, say, imagine you can do one for 140 farmers is your max for 10 meters. Um, and you're doing 140 for 20 is your is your comp weight or whatever. Um, then probably doing this thing where we're saying about move your hands further forward on the farmers and doing the fingertip grip, probably it's not going to be the time to do it. You're going to have to go with you, the grip you're most confident with and you feel strongest with and come central on the farmers, get a good pickup because it's going to be a heavy pickup for you and then start striding out and try and be as efficient as possible, not not brushing the farmers on your legs and stuff, sparing that grip. Yeah. But, but if you're a one, if you can do 140 farmers, but you're doing, you've got a 110 farmers for 15 meters drop and turn at a comp, right? I would recommend moving, moving your hands a little bit further forward, get used to the forward lean on that snatchy pickup. Um, and also try this fingertip grip where you where your start position is just going to be so much so much easier so well significantly uh, better yeah and then when you swap it round at the other side again you fit, try your fingertip grip and um, e even the split seconds that you're going to save on in making the pickup a little bit more efficient um, it's definitely worth a try so I'll give that a go right next event. This last one, should we do an overhead one? We're not doing an overhead one. Dumbbell, yeah, you've got some good dumbbell cues. Let's do a dumbbell. Let's do, uh, go on then, two, two, two cues. You start us off, Shane, because I, like, I've helped you recently with yours. What's, what, what, what have you found as uh, giving you more confidence in your wrap position on your dumbbell? So, this, I've done this, like every time I've done dumbbell, even when I was at Chaos, I spent about, I did the 80 for a bit of fun, that big one, but I was at 55, 60 for a lot. I didn't really record them, but the thing that Josh told me, which helped so much was um, once once I'd cleaned the dumbbell, I was just sitting there for a second and thinking about stuff, thinking about my feet, thinking about the center of gravity, and just slightly shift the dumbbell in my right hand, for reference. So slightly shifting my center of gravity to the left-hand side, and just kind of pause in there for a second. And then I was, I dip, pause in the dip, make sure that I felt even. And just that slight shift to the left has helped me so much with the dumbbell going straight up instead of fucking off to the side somewhere. Um, so I would say 
just understanding that obviously the dumbbell is going to be on one side of your body. So you're going to need to slightly shift to the opposite side to get the most out of your leg drive. Yeah, brilliant summary. I, fit, I think that's a, a game changer cue for, again, this is one so so uh, relevant at all levels. Like we've shown with you, you were like, were you 80 was your max, wasn't it? Like 80 was your 80 PB. 80 was my max, yeah. 80 was your PB and that was, I remember you doing it at mine, was it a couple of years ago or whatever? And I remember you doing it and thinking, fucking hell, I'm strong as fuck, but it looked a bit pressy. It looked a bit nice. Yeah, hate, hated it. Even when I was full time doing strongman, like I remember, no one ever taught me anything. I had to figure out everything for myself. Like even Hixie and Ben, like a lot of it was me figuring it out and telling them. No offense, guys, <laughs> but it was just the way it was because I was like quite intricate with stuff. But for some reason, I think the I think the real reason why was we only had a dumbbell that was like seventy five. So I couldn't practice, you know what I mean? It was just heavy. Yeah. So, so as soon as you've, you've obviously gone and practiced and learned, and as soon as you've told me these again, things. It, again, it's been really helpful for me being really, really shit at it for, well, like most events, to be honest, like I've been really, really shit at it. And it's helped, like I've wanted to be good. So I've gone away and st- like I'm, People told me I wouldn't be I wouldn't be suited to it because my shoulders aren't strong and my my strip press isn't isn't great or whatever. But through through optimizing your positioning, like you can be um, play, play to your strengths definitely. And it, um, yeah, th- I think that's a that that's a re- really good thing of uh, if you're watching your do do what Shane said about uh, shifting your weight to your opposite side leg, and if you you watch video yourself from the front and just draw a straight line through what what you imagine is the middle of like the mid where the the center of mass of the dumbbell draw a straight line down and we should be aiming rough like pretty much around the crotch area whereas um a lot of people a lot of people are, are like balancing it on the shoulders yeah better basically balancing it on the shoulder that they're cleaning cleaning it with and then if you draw the draw a line down the center of mass, it's like way over to that side of the body. And then therefore, as soon as they dip with it, you'll see this, the dumbbell wanting to go out to the side naturally. So that's why you'll see these people doing a little bit of a dip and then kind of a sideways strip press to correct it. Whereas um, just, just, bring, used to do. just bringing it more, more, uh, more central is just, just an absolute game changer to it. To be honest, I've got, I've got um, I've had uh, Paul Smith doing this last couple of weeks at my gym, just 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 try try and try, just hinting to him about it, and I've seen him just just do it, and it just it's just looked so so much better. He did he did like one hundred and five or something the other day. It was like, like really <laughs> crazy. Um, the thing the thing with me was um, like you just said before about. People saying you don't have a big strip press or what the fuck, whatever, so you shit a dumbbell. To me, I've always known it to be irrelevant because <clears throat> when I used to compete regularly under 90, I always had the biggest strict or overhead or whatever. But every time a dumbbell event came up, I'd always be like, fuck's sake, because I knew that it didn't matter. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 
I'd seen guys, and it used to baffle me. I'd be like, fuck, how did that guy, like, he's got, like, a 110 log, and he'd log, like, uh, sorry, dumbbell at 85. I'm like, fucking hell. And I just never um, never clicked, and it, it only took that one cue, and I think I've added about 15 kilos to my dumbbell in three, three or four. Three or four yeah, and, and also as well, Shane, by the way, we're fucking scratching the surface. Like, it pisses me off, but I, I can see you doing, like, fucking 110 dumbbell like at night three or whatever like g- genuinely like just pissing about in the gym well, see it seems a bit i've always been it's always been a bit of a kryptonite so i don't but the thing is that cute when i cleaned that dumbbell at chaos <clears throat> do you see that big ass dumbbell yeah well everyone at chaos said no one's pressed it yet like even sean logan a few other people have tried it and they, as soon as they sit it on the shoulder they can't stabilize it and as soon as i cleaned it i couldn't stabilize it and i, I knew what they felt i shifted to my left a little bit more than I did with the Rebel Strength because of the size of the dumbbell. Yeah, because of the length of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight away, just sat perfect. And I did probably the best technical rep in terms of the dip and drive that I've done on a dumbbell. It was a really straight dip and it was just it just flew. I didn't press it. I just I drove it. So that cue was like completely taking me from like a shit dumbbeller in three weeks to a guy that people were like, how did you how did you stabilize that in rap position? Like asking me and I'm like, well, I just went to the left of it. So it's a, it's a really, really good cue. If you're struggling with dumbbell in the rack, if you feel like, if you, what I used to feel like was that it was balanced on a toothpick. And when I dipped and drove, it was just going in some direction. Sometimes it went straight up. Sometimes it went to the right. Sometimes it go towards my head. I had no control over it really. But as soon as I've done this, complete game changer. So to add, add to what Shane's saying, if you're in the a big thing that I like with uh, overhead, any overhead in terms of rack position to test whether you've got the right, a good rack position or not, um, is basically, can you keep your, keep that, that keep, can you keep your arm relaxed or can you wave your fingers? That was the thing that I was saying to you, I think Shane, where it was like, you were, you were cleaning it. And I said, right, can you relax your arm now? Because what the way you used to do it, your fucking arms shaking because you're using your arm to stabilize that that rack position. Which if I relax my arm, it would just fall. Yeah, exactly. Whereas what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to people listening is if you're using your arm to stabilize that rack position, you've fucked it already. And it's the same, it goes back to this same thing that we've Again, I won't go into tonight, but like why I don't like the elbows up cue for log and stuff and in the rack position because people say, oh yeah, to keep the rack position tight. Well, if, you, if you're fucking relying on, the, on your upper body to keep that rack position good, you've fucked it anyway. You've fucked it already and you're really holding yourself back. Um, so exactly the same thing on the dumbbell. Um, another one little trick on the dumbbell to finish with for you guys, this is relevant for you guys who are like frustrated because you know that if you can get a, whatever the weight is that you're trying to lift on the dumbbell over your head, it's a piece of piss, but you just can't stabilize that rack position for you guys. What you can do is a little trick, right? And this is just like fucking magic, honestly, um, is if you, instead of grabbing the dumbbell in the center, Grab the right, shove shove the hand that you're going to be uh, lifting the dumbbell with right up to the far end of the so so the the handle so it's for, so it's as far away from you as possible when it's on the floor, 
And then when you, when you clean it up to your shoulder, you're going to find that rack position so much easier to stabilize. It's just going to feel like a joke how much different it is. Yeah. But remember the trade-off is once you get it overhead, you're going to be holding it one side. So it's going to be harder to stabilize overhead. So this is why I've aimed it at the guys who are confident, who are strong overhead once the weight's there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for, for the rest of you guys, you can have a bit, again, this is where, um, this is where the, the kind of weight of the implement might, might change your technique. If you will, if you're, if you're, you like say you're, you're getting reft at a comp and you know that your ref is going to give you a down, a down command straight away. You can almost sneak your hand further towards that end. So you're kind of getting an easy, easy rack to stabilize and you're only holding it for a split second. So it doesn't matter that it feels heavy when it's overhead, if you will. Um, whereas if you, if they're making you hold it overhead for two, three seconds, you might want to bring it more towards the center. And it, and by the way, like with, with all our kind of technical coaching advice, like Shane and I will always recommend within a range, like we're not saying go and do this exact way. Like what we would recommend with anything that we've, we've just said on all of the different things, take your way that's obviously working already and then take our way and maybe start off with go go somewhere in the middle, play around with somewhere in the middle with, with lighter weights, and then if it feels good, move to, move move closer to our way. Um, just work work in that range. We're not saying that everybody has to change the technique, but there's some some brilliant tips in there that I guarantee are going to be uh, game changers for a lot of people. And um, what would recommend from this podcast is if you think some of these might apply to you. Instead of just, just going to try it, dig out some of your old videos that you're going to try it with and then analyze and then slow-mo, ideally get some from the side, some from the front and just sit, just, you'll probably, a lot of you will, 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 will look and just think, fucking hell, these guys were right. And uh, you'll probably start to see stuff that you maybe haven't seen before. And, um, and if you do, and then go and implement the stuff, make sure you make sure you tag us, um, and not not because it it's a fucking popularity thing or whatever, but because if we can share you guys actually getting value and going to implement stuff, then it's gonna get it's gonna get it's all right us saying stuff and ho hoping people go and do it, but if people are actually doing it and getting results for free. This is brilliant for us because that, that's what we that's exactly what we want to do. And we want to <clears throat> we, we, we'll be able to share that and 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 sh show like real life examples of basically ideally we, we want to be coaching from this podcast, don't we? Like our goal is we've talked about it. We want to fucking we like forget the money. We we want to help as many people as we can. And if you can go and like basically we're giving you stuff here that we'll go and apply with our clients or whatever and that are paying us money for it. So go and fucking go and video do some of this shit. Really good point though, because like I said on my story, it felt really good. I thought that was class. I was really happy with it. it wasn't until I got home, I looked at it, I was like, oh, I've, I've not done that correctly. So now in my mind, since I watched that video, is that next time I do stones, I'm going to make sure I finish my extension. I've been thinking about it all week. Um, 
And if I didn't record that and analyze it, like you said, I would never have known. And then I would be, that was my first snowboard in a long while, I should be on laps. So, so, so on that point, I didn't get to say it before, Shane. Um, how would you coach that? Like, coach what, 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 what would your cues be for to, to somebody who's staying flat footed, they're not finishing the extension? What, what would your cues be? What would be your, your go to way to coach that and immediately fix it? I would, well, what I'm telling myself is to just be more patient and not, not at the moment I feel high enough putting the stone on to just think about like what you said, going vertical and then horizontal and yeah. as high vertical as I can, not, not worrying about like basically what I was doing is looking at the platform and like you say, trying to place it on the corner of the platform. So I'm just going to go vertical as high as I can, which will basically mean that I'll be more patient because it'll take an extra half second. The stone will go higher, I'll end up on my tiptoes, and then I'll go horizontal on. Yeah. So I'm, I just used that same cue that you, you gave, to be honest. So a sim what, what I would do is the simplest way that we'll, it just won't fail of coaching this is... Um, for people who are finishing the extension, vertical lines, like they get confused or whatever, right? Just fucking pick a lighter stone, go to a higher platform and go as high as possible. Get a high platform feeling good with a slightly lighter stone and then go back to the stone and you will be extending better. So it might even be one, one <coughs> second to take away where you think, right, if you're, you usually train with a 120 stone, five sets of three or whatever, to moderate height just go to go and get an 80 stone or a 90 stone and do here's a free session for you do just, just for the listeners though what is to you what is a high platform is it 63 your top platform inches fucking hell no like 73 i'll load to 73 is it like well that, that's what we'll do what 1.8 is what we all need to be able to do 1.8 meters which is about 72, 73 inches off the top of my head, roughly. Right, so okay. that's something that we all need to be able to do, right? Because you're going to get a stone run inevitably at some point that is 1.8 meters to like 1.3 or something descending, right? So you need, you need to be fucking doing this. Like, fact, it's like training dumbbell. Like, it's going to come up as much as dumbbell comes up in a comp. Like, it's that relevant. So, the, so it, the, by the way, this fucking really pisses me off when people say, oh yeah, I can't do high platforms because I'm short. Fucking bollocks. It's absolutely <laughs> bollocks. Like, you, I'm not going to go into it anyway because I'll fucking rant. But, um, but yeah, using the cues that we've said, like, like I'll, I'll do some tomorrow night and I'll post it on Instagram. So call me out if I, if I don't do it. And I'll do like 90 to 70. Well, I was in my head, what is planned was actually high platform drilling and then the stone run that I said I was going to do. Right, perfect. So Shane and I will both post on Instagram, we'll, put, we'll post at least an 80 to 73 inches or whatever, 1.8 meters. And probably a fucking big platform as you got. Yeah, probably a 90. And we'll probably go get fucking hyped and do a hundred or something, probably. Um, and, I, and I'll get mangled or smash my face and graze my chin like I usually do. Um, but but the, the point is, like, to reach that height, I, like, 
Um, anyway, I'm not I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, I'm going to get emotional. Um, but yeah, you've got some <laughs> got some good cues there. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't mean by the way, pick a lighter stone and to fit to learn to finish the extension, you need to go to 78, 73 inches. Like a lot of people seem to be training to about forty eight inches to be like four foot. Yeah, which with loads of with with my problem with that is. To do that, you don't actually have to finish your extension for most people. So I would actually much rather people starting out stick with, get get confident with a moderate weight stone, say 80, 90 kilos or something, if 120, 140 is your max, and then get better at loading to height. So move to from 48 to like 54 to 57 to 60, 63. And, um, and if you're, lo- you're like, say, an average average height mate like average height male like us um like loading load into uh 54 to 60 inches or something like it's going to encourage good technique that's what i'm what i'm saying in terms of finishing the extension um so so basically just just the, the good the good thing is as well is like what Shane's going to do tomorrow, drilling this technique, is like you can get such a good training effect and um, that will carry over to your heavy stones, but it, you could almost do it as speed work or whatever people say, like basically dynamic effort or like do it as a recovery actual thing. Instead of thinking, oh, fucking stones, oh, God, stones are always t- hard or whatever, like actually just do do a, do a session with, and 80, 70, 80, 90 kilos and just do do a load of reps, do a load of triples to moderate to high height, 54 to 60 inches or something and just focus on finishing that extension. And if you get, get used to the timing of that release and the pop and you actually reduce your time under tension and don't front squat the stone up like a lot of people do, you, you're going you're gonna to feel so much better finishing that session than you do when you fucking start. Like... Anyway, we're fucking, we're past 10 o'clock now. It's half 10. Maybe <laughs> when you said 10 o'clock, I was like, no fucking chance. Um, when you said five minutes. <coughs> all right, mate. Are we, are we all right ending it at that? Yeah, so I just had a bit of fucking corona cough, didn't I? Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was good fun, actually. We could do, we, we'll, uh, we'll, have a get, we'll have a guess next week. Um, but we can we can use that again. We can use that kind of template again, and we could go over like say a deadlift from a different height. Yeah, it was good. We could go over a di- like different scooping events. Informative for people. Yeah, I think I think there's um, for the kind of people that are listening, there's loads of value there. No matter like regardless of your level. Um, yeah, great stuff. Right, I'll see you later. Good night. See you.